This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Uh, you know, there, there was a opportunity missed right there to either call myself or my tag team partner here, Randy Scott, Dr. Evil. I'm very <laughs> disappointed. Um, however, we could just have someone yell, Scott! And go from there. Hopefully you've seen Austin Powers. You know what we're talking about here. This is Kenny and Carlin alongside Randy Scott. I'm Michael Ross, and we're filling in for the guys today. And listen, Randy Scott, this is my favorite stretch of the year. Without question, bar none, you've got Final Four. You've got opening day in baseball. You've got the Masters next week. You've got... NFL talk, which permeates the calendar all year long. You've got college football spring games, and you have a little thing down here in Georgia that people like to call the tournament or the Masters, and that is a week away. I love this time of year. I do, too. I do, too, but I'm, I, we were talking about it before the show. Is your supposition and then confirmation bias? I feel like we're allowed to call it where you were like, it's it, you know n- not up for debate that this is the best 10-day stretch. I love... The stretch later in the spring. Give me that stretch where it's the Kentucky Derby. You know, Canelo Alvarez might be fighting, you know, right around that first weekend in May. You got, and then you're full playoffs. Like you've got NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs firing every night because it's early enough in those respective tournaments. I would put that up there among the best 10 day stretches. And I will hear an argument for the fall, right? In October, playoff baseball, NBA starting up. NFL season getting underway, second month of the season, right? I mean, that stretch is good, too. I, I, but I think this is in the discussion. This is one of the top three right now. We're in it, and it starts tonight. Well, I think it goes in so many ways, Randy Scott, to whether you're a basketball person first or a football per- person first. If you're a football person first, you're probably going to agree with yourself in the fall. If you're a basketball person first, you might agree with me or with what the other point that you said that now or later on this year. But the reason... The main reason why I think this is the best stretch is because what we're going to see starting tonight, and that is the Final Four. We've got the Women's Final Four tonight, two games starting at 7 o'clock. You've got Virginia Tech and LSU. That, that is followed by South Carolina and Iowa. And then, of course, tomorrow, the Men's Final Four down in Houston, Florida, Atlantic, and San Diego State. That tips off at 6.09, followed by Miami and UConn a half hour or so after that first game ends. And this is my question to you, Randy. Mm -hmm. What we've seen in the men's side, because we've seen some parity in the women's side. You've got a three-seed in LSU, a two-seed in Iowa, with the two ones in Virginia Tech and South Carolina. But on the men's side, you don't have a one. You don't have a two. You don't have a three. It is four, five, five, nine. Is this what we think might happen down the road more often than not? Not... More often than not, I think this isn't the last time we'll see it. I think NIL, I think the ability to transfer, that made it a lot easier for kids. It's still not on the same par of, you know, what coaches are able to do, you know. Um, But I think the, the freedom of movement for some top talent and even some not top talent to just showcase their skills in one tournament and then go and take a roster spot somewhere else, you know, I'm what went to Northwestern, you know, Pete Nance, what he was able to do at Northwestern, then go and play for North Carolina. Uh, you know, ironic that North Carolina didn't make the tournament. Northwestern did. No big deal. Won a game. Um, you guys, Syracuse, <laughs> Syracuse was in the tournament, right? 
Uh, the tournament of you guys were there. Co- right? the, co- the coaching carousel for five minutes. That was the only <laughs> tournament the men were in this year. Is you know Jim Beheim retired and Adrian Autry took over. No, there was yeah. no tournament. No. However, Randy, uh, my, my bad. Syracuse has been in more Final Fours <laughs> than Northwestern has tournament <laughs> appearances. Fair I enough. believe. Right, Team Medillin. Uh, by the way, I would uh, take Team uh, Newhouse over Team Medillin any sporting event. I'm just fair enough. Say that right there. Fair enough. So I think I think it what it's what it's enabled. What it's enabled, like mid-major programs, because that's—I mean—up until this tournament run, that's what Florida Atlantic is. That's what San Diego State is, you know. Uh, and what it's enabled them to do is attract talent, retain talent, and develop talent. And so you have young coaches, talented coaches, on the upswing. You know, you, you you love what they're doing there in Boca Raton. You love what they're doing, succeeding Steve Fisher out there at San Diego State. And it's enabled—it's a—it's a confluence of mid-major programs having older, savvier teams, having the means to at least attract some top-level talent and be able to hang in there and play with the one-and-done, the traditional one-and-dones, you know? And that's yeah. that's not going away. Now, this is a perfect storm. What we're seeing now is a perfect storm of matchups of, I mean, Florida Atlantic was drastically underseeded. So I don't know that it's going to happen more often than not, back to your original point, Michael, but I do think this will not be, this will be less and less of an outlier. Does that make sense? It does. And don't forget, too, when we're talking about Florida Atlantic and their path, they had the benefit of, Fairly Dickinson knocking off Purdue and only the second time a 16 is beaten a one because Purdue probably would have been a tougher matchup for Florida Atlantic than FDU was, even though FDU, another one of Acronym Central, which is this final four with UConn, the U, FAU and SDSU is much more, I think, likely to happen in the future, both the 16 beating the one, but also just that matchup was a bad matchup for Purdue. And FDU almost knocked off FAU, if you remember. Tomorrow, by the way, on ESPN Radio, tournament challenge numbers crunch. That'll be at 5 p.m. Eastern. Then a primetime Final Four special starting at 6. Mark Zinno, my guy from Atlanta, Harrison Sanford, and former coach Tim Welsh will be joining you there. So make sure to check that out. But Randy, when I look at... At this slate of games this weekend, the matchup that intrigues me the most, at least of what we know so far, is Iowa and South Carolina. As much as I enjoy watching the Hokies, Iowa-South Carolina, to me, is, I think, of the four, the most exciting one. It has the most star power. Um, Anytime you are such a wagon of a team, like South Carolina is, to where there is a realistic bet of... Do you take this one team or do you take the field? That's how good South Carolina, that's how dominant. I mean, good doesn't even come close. That's how dominant South Carolina has been. And they're doing it. So, you know, we had Carolyn Peck on earlier in the show and she was talking about the length of South Carolina. And that's true, but they're not a tall team. They only have four players over six feet tall. And yeah, one of them happens to be a former, you know, player of the year candidate in Aaliyah Boston, but they can beat you so many different ways. So to see that defensive boa constrictor go up against an otherworldly individual offensive talent tonight in, Cl- in Caitlin Clark, uh, that is that is going to be must-see TV. That is fascinating to watch. And, you know, you, you look at the at the line in the desert, you look at the, at the betting line of 11 points, they don't expect it to be a close game. No, I, I, I'm guessing part of that is that South Carolina is going to have a pretty good plan for Caitlin Clark. And We're going to do one of two things, right? They're either going to try to suffocate Caitlin Clark from the second she touches the ball and make Iowa's other players, most of 
which I think mo- most people who watch basketball that aren't hardcore women's basketball fans might not be able to ma- name more than one or two, mm. or they're going to shut everybody else out and let Caitlin Clark score 40. And I think that those are one yeah. of the two strategies that you implore if you are South Carolina. And to me, that's going to be a fascinating, fascinating matchup of how they decide to defend Caitlin Clark. Because if you use one of those two things, South Carolina is probably winning that game. I have a tough time seeing Iowa being able to win. The other game, however, Virginia Tech and LSU, that that to me, that might come down right to the final minute. As we've seen so often here in these games over this women's tournament and even the men's tournament. Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit your business's needs from quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options. Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Who would be the interested bidders? First of all, Lamar Jackson's a fantastic player, but you know, it would be disingenuous in operating, negotiating in bad faith if we went down that path. If you're Indianapolis, are we all in running the style that we have seen Lamar run for the first five years of his NFL career that allowed him to be MVP of the NFL? They said that he would be willing to take a non-fully guaranteed deal from somebody, whether that's Baltimore or anybody else. This is Kenny Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Randy Scott. I'm Michael Rossin. You want to join the conversation about Lamar Jackson, about what we were talking about a few minutes ago of is this the best 10-day stretch of the sporting calendar in the United States? Give us a shout. 1-888-SAY-ESPN or 1-888-729-3776. So Randy Scott... You're on SportsCenter all the time. You're one of our wonderful SportsCenter anchors. I cover the NFL, focused primarily on the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN, Log Boxing, and some other stuff. For the purposes of this conversation, Lamar Jackson, what happens? Because I think that this has not been talked about in all of the conversations about Lamar that we have had on radio, on television, and writing about it on digital. What happens if he plays on the tag this year? Like, what happens if he says, you know what? All right, I'm going to go back. I don't want to turn down $32 million plus dollars, and I'm going to go play on the tag. What happens then? Are we, are we back in the same chairs here, Final Four weekend next year, Randy, <laughs> you and I, talking about the same exact thing? Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> we, we are talking about it. I think it's a more robust market. I think teams, uh, if, if that does come to play, I think teams are more likely to be, to be honest. Uh, you know, you... Um, Man, I don't know that there's collusion right now, but the fact that it's even up for debate is is telling. Uh, you've got an MVP caliber quarterback at the prime of his powers who cannot get a dance partner right now. Uh, it, uh, understanding the understanding the, the the demands of the contract and understanding that I think there there is a message that is trying to be sent from NFL ownership, um, and I think it's a it's a convenient shield. Okay, it's not collusion, it's convenience. It's a convenient shield to be able to fall on this draft cost and say, hey, we're not giving up two ones for him. We're just not going to do that. Or to your point, Michael, we're not going to do the work for Baltimore to try to construct a long-term deal with Lamar Jackson, who has made it clear he wants out. He's made it clear he asked almost a month ago um, for a trade. So I think we are sitting here, if they let us work together again, uh, talking about... (laughs) You know, Lamar Jackson uh, wanting out of Baltimore at this point next year. I also don't know that he plays 17 full games. Well, I don't had, know. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know that he does that. And not by virtue of his own injury history, by virtue of, you know, I'm protecting myself. 
and I'm going to get the, to the open market with my health not in question. And that's assuming that maybe the Ravens aren't a deep playoff team next season. I think so many things are on the table because of how the Ravens have handled this. Yeah, but I also think it's how Lamar Jackson has handled this too. You know, he, he could have taken a contract if he wanted. I don't, I'm not saying that's the right decision, but I'm just saying let's not pretend that Lamar Jackson is blameless in this situation. I, I mean, I, I, let, let, let's really not yeah. pretend that, Randy. Come on. Blameless, blameless, no, but uh, who are you giving the most... Who are you giving the most, uh, cre- I don't know, cred? Who, who are you giving the most uh, goodwill to? Because I think you have two sides that are both battling precedent, right? I think you have the NFL ownership who are trying to prove that what the Browns did with Deshaun Watson is an outlier and not a precedent. And you have Lamar Jackson trying to prove, and maybe for future contract, maybe for the greater good of his fellow NFL player, this is where this game is headed. This game is headed to fully guaranteed contracts, and it's on him to keep the momentum going. So I think you have precedent against principle right now, and give me I'll side with the player all day, every day with that. Yeah, I, and I would as well. And I've always, I've always said I think that especially in the NFL where injuries are, there are two guarantees in the NFL: injuries, and that you likely are not going to have a guaranteed contract if you are injured. Now you can work in bonuses or you can work in language that you do have guarantees for injury, but that does not always happen, and it definitely doesn't happen in the last year of a deal. More often than not, I, I, my, I, I just feel like Lamar Jackson could have handled this better as well. I think I, I, I do, yeah. I, I, well, and, and part of that is you also, if you are Lamar Jackson, for so long you basically let the Ravens and or others mm-hmm. handle the messaging that was going out there because you do not have a representative, and that is generally in part what agents do is sometimes they will leak one side of a story or they will get out there another side of the story. You did not have that for so long. So you have all these conversations going on around Lamar Jackson without hearing from Lamar Jackson. And then Lamar Jackson came out right when John Harbaugh was about to speak at owners meetings this week and said, Hey, by the way, I asked for a trade a month ago. Right. That Randy, that's the other (laughs) thing that bothers me, right? Because people are all of a sudden, because Lamar Jackson says he asked for a trade that that means he should be traded. I'm sorry. There are a lot of things I ask for and request in life. (laughs) That I do not get. I am 42 years old. I would love to have been married by now. I am not. I am not. So therefore, I'm just saying there, uh-huh. there are there are things that people can ask for in life that that sounds wonderful. You and I both, I'm sure, have asked for things in these great jobs that we have that we have not gotten. I've, like that. Yeah. That's just the reality. Just because he requests it <laughs> does not mean that it should come true. Neither one of us is as uniquely talented at what we do, though. You know, to, fair. I, and I. I Raise my hand to that as well. And I could also, you know, raise my, we will have a private offline conversation about the whole marriage thing. But I, <laughs> I, look, I look at it, I look at, 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 at Lamar's request and look around the league in the NFL. I don't see a lot of superstars. I don't see a lot of MVPs asking for trades. I don't see a lot of MVPs having their requests denied. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is asking for a trade. That, that deal is going to get done. That deal is going to get done. And, what, and, what, and what's the difference? Rodgers is a Super Bowl winner. Uh, more than a decade ago, okay, but why wouldn't the guy at the peak of his powers right now have a, a greater ability to command and receive that trade? And maybe it's because Baltimore wants to keep him. But That's I mean, do you, it, yeah. do you think that bridge is burned? I mean, do you like to me, it feels like that way. Maybe, except money can go a long way to solving that that bridge, and also making sure that you're bringing in the right players around Lamar Jackson to continue to make him successful. Listen, yeah. 
Remember, after the season, right after the season, the Baltimore Ravens said, yes, we want Lamar Jackson to be our quarterback. Greg Roman goes off to a different profession, not different profession, a different role somewhere else. And they bring in an offensive coordinator, theoretically, under, and they said Lamar Jackson was going to be part of that process. Now, we don't know how much Lamar Jackson is actually part of that process or not, but one would think he had an open say in that. So you're doing the things necessary to put Lamar Jackson in a position where he would want to stay and that he would have more say in what is going on, including you would think maybe being able to get him some more offensive options for him to throw to because that was, right. I think, long the biggest issue when you were talking about what was going on with the Ravens. I, I don't know. I, that, and that's where I kind of – that's another sticking point is the Ravens have come out and said, hey, we're willing to do things. We want you here. But maybe not at the massive price point that you're asking. And they gave him a chance to go look in the market. Exactly. And guess what the market has told him? The market has told him that no one's offering him an offer sheet. Exactly. Not at the massive number that you're asking. It, it's, it has to be two sides. It has to be Lego pieces. Everything has to fit yep. together in this. And you've got one piece. you got the main piece. Maybe the foundational piece that wants out of the set. Yeah. And that is, if you are the Ravens and that is Lamar Jackson, that is a massive, massive problem. But of course, if you're the Ravens, maybe you have to consider looking at a quarterback in the NFL draft. And one of these quarterbacks in this draft, they might get someone fired. That comes up after Randy tells you all about Indeed. That's right, Michael. If springtime is kicking your hiring season into full bloom, then you need Indeed. Their powerful all-in-one hiring platform makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. You can even conveniently schedule and conduct virtual video interviews right from the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com credit and get $75 toward your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Felt great, you know. I had a football in my hand, so that's always fun for me. He's just different. When you watch Anthony, like, he's six foot four. He's two hundred and forty-four pounds. He runs a four-four-three. Yet he has the upper body flexibility. What really stood out to me is how flexible he is with his upper body. You know, just trying to showcase my own talent. You know, I can't be consistent and you know, accurate, so uh, I just try to showcase that a bit and you know, just showcase my arm strength because everybody knows about that as well. So just trying to do those things. Man, this NFL draft is really interesting because I don't know if there is a surefire absolute quarterback that should get taken that you know you can't miss with. Uh, Randy Scott, Michael Rothstein here. We're on Kenny and Carly on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM, Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. We're filling in for the guys today. and. Randy, I, I sit there and I cover the NFL. I cover the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN. You are on SportsCenter all the time talking about the NFL. Am I off base here thinking that I, I'm not in love with this quarterback class? Um, Man, I I think the hit rate is about 50%. Haven't we established that, right? Like with a first round NFL quarterback draft pick, the idea that he's going to survive to a second contract, I really do think is about 50%. Um, so you're not in love in terms of you don't see a slam dunk in any of them? Is that what you're saying? C.J. Stroud's the closest. I think Stroud's CJ, the one. Yeah, Stroud's the one. If I'm Carolina, I'm, I'm taking Stroud at, at one, and it's not close. There are major questions with the other three, I think. Randy. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, less so with Bryce Young because you've seen it on the field. There are questions about you know durability, I guess, with him because of his, his height-weight combination. Yeah. But it's the other two guys that, that man, Will Levis, Anthony Anthony Richardson. Ooh, I, I don't know if I would want to go near either one of them if I were an NFL I, general manager. I don't think you're off base. I'm, I'm, I'll support my guy here and say, no, you're not off base. I will say, though, that the ceiling is is just – it's tantalizing. It really is. Like, Bryce Young Bryce Young could be, could be Mahomes-ish. Honestly, Anthony Richardson yeah. could be Josh Allen. Like the comps are new and they're recent and they're and they're vibrant. You know, C.J. Stroud could be Burrow. Um, I don't know what Will Levis is. I really don't. I, I feel like with every new every new viral clip that comes out about Anthony Richardson, I feel like Will Levis is like, oh, man, Arr. you know, I feel like he just kind of dips a little bit more and maybe falls to a dist- a more distant fourth in this quarterback class. Yeah, probably, and that might not be fair to. Will Levis, by the way, that's usually gone well for whoever that's happened to, if you think about it. Because remember, Lamar Jackson and his draft class kind of fell a little bit more. There were questions about Josh Allen and his draft class, and those mm-hmm. two guys, there were questions about Patrick Mahomes. So sure. that ended up working out for those guys versus some of the guys that were taken that were the quote-unquote sure thing, sure fire Guys, ESPN NFL draft analyst Todd McShay was on this show yesterday, and he compared Anthony Richardson to this guy. When I watch Anthony today, you, you see how physically gifted he is. And also just like, you know, rolling out to his left, throwing off balance, flicking his wrist and, and driving at 60 yards. That's not normal. You, there's not many guys in the league that can do some of the things that he's able to do. So there are all these comparisons about, about 
Will Levis and Josh Allen. I think the more apt comparison with Josh Allen is, is Anthony Richardson, just from a mm-hmm. physical tool standpoint, and a guy who you know didn't have the completion percentage and was a little bit up and down in terms of his, his performances, but physically, just just looking at those two, they're they're very comparable to me. I, I don't know if I see that, Randy Scott. I, I, I really don't. I mean, I get it from a build standpoint, but, I mean, there's only one Josh Allen. Like, there, that, that's what drives me nuts with comps. There might be two. There might be two by the end of, by the end of April, man. I The more I think about the size, the more I think – I mean, he has, he's faster than Josh Allen. Josh Allen has great feet. We've seen that. Anthony Richardson's flat out faster. He's shiftier. Uh, arm strength is comparable. Think about that. We have an arm strength comp. For Josh Allen, it's not the same. I think Allen has 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 a slight edge, but the arm strength is there. The same questions are there in terms of completion percentage. You remember the the cast? You know, if, if anything, Josh Allen coming out coming out of Wyoming was was a was a blend of some of the concerns that we've seen with Will Levis and some yeah. of the concerns that we've seen with Anthony Richardson. A smaller sample size. That's a concern with Richardson as well as completion percentage, right? But Levis is is a more direct comp in terms of the supporting cast that he had to throw to. If Josh Allen had come out the year before, the completion percentage was higher because he had better talent. Same with Levis. They couldn't do it for different reasons. But the 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 athleticism and build combo is Josh Allen-esque. But we had a better sample size from Allen and a more pro-style offense than what Richardson's thrown in. Yeah, I have so many concerns about Anthony Richardson. It's not fair to to really do this to a kid, right? Like, and Anthony Richardson's still a young kid. I I hope that he proves me wrong and that he has a ton of success in the NFL. I really do hope that. But I, to me, Anthony Richardson screams the type of guy and the type of quarterback that you see all of the traits and you get excited by traits and you mm-hmm. draft him and he ends up getting coaches and general managers fired. Right, because you take it. I just, I just that's the type of quarterback I feel like he is, right? Like, I mean, he threw for 2,549 yards, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions last season. His only full season as a starter. But you look at what he did in some of those last games. Completed 33.3% of his passes against Florida State. 478 against South Carolina. 486 against Georgia. Like mm-hmm. he, he had only really two games that were above like 62% passing, right? That was against Eastern Washington, where he completed 80% of his passes, and against Utah in the opener, where he completed 70.8% of his passes. That That's it. Everything else, he was sitting there, other than a couple games right around 60 in the 50s or worse. That yeah. is concerning for me, Randy Scott. It is. It is concerning, and it's against SEC-caliber defenses, right, which is kind of speed and sideline-to-sideline quickness and coverage that you're going to see at the next level on Sundays, right? But you look at everything he has done in this draft process has either answered questions, been explosive, gone viral, but all of it combines to boost his draft stock. So tell me, because the the firing question is an interesting one. Does he make it past Atlanta at eight? Assuming no further trades, which is unlikely, but you look at the current draft order and the teams that might have quarterback need, if he's the definitive third quarterback off the board, even if he's fourth behind Will Levis for whatever reason, does he get past the team that you cover, Atlanta, at eight? I would be floored if Atlanta took a quarterback in okay. the first round. Okay. I would be floored. See, okay, Arthur Smith, I don't know how, how much more the Atlanta Falcons need to do. Right, because they've been talked about with Lamar Jackson since before the season uh-huh. even ended. Right, like Lamar Jackson, that was like mid-season when there were rumors that like this might end up in this situation. They were being linked to him. 
They come out and say, we're encouraged by Desmond Ritter, but they were not ready to name a starter. Then Lamar Jackson signs the franchise tag, the non-exclusive franchise tag. Like two seconds later, there are multiple reports, including from myself, the Falcons have no interest in Lamar Jackson. Doesn't matter. People are going to still put him with the Falcons. They come out and they may say, Desmond Ritter is our starting quarterback. I've seen mock drafts since then saying the Falcons are going to draft a quarterback at eight or even trade up to six. Like, no, they. The, I don't know what more the Falcons need to do. They're not blowing a smoke screen here. They are basically standing there with that giant sign, like the sign guy that you see on Instagram in New York saying, we are not taking a quarterback. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. Like, they're giant flashing lights. It's like they have the giant flamingo sign in Las Vegas saying, we're not taking a quarterback. Yeah. I, I just don't see it for Atlanta. And also, I don't know if those four guys are there at eight. I To me, seven. I think they're all gone by seven. I think I, I it could be a moot point. I think the Vegas, I think the Vegas Raiders, you mentioned Vegas in the sign. I think the Vegas Raiders take Anthony Richardson if he's there. Terrifies me as a Raider fan. And I think in terms of getting someone fired, I could see Josh McDaniels getting cut loose before Richardson even assumes the starter role. You know yeah. what I mean? So maybe he's yeah. playing for a coach who didn't draft him. And who knows? You, you and I have seen how that works out potentially sometimes. New coach wants their own players and not a project, which I think... A lot of scouts view Anthony Richardson right now as someone with an extremely high ceiling, but who needs a year at least of seasoning. Well, there's not only that, too, but so much of it with quarterbacks, especially first-round quarterbacks where they're thrown into situations early as this. You have to have the right cast around you. It's why whoever goes to Carolina is going to have the best chance of success because of that, that coaching staff and who they have around him developing that quarterback. That's the biggest thing. If you, the, any of these quarterbacks go to a place where they can't be developed and developed properly, they are in real trouble and they have to be almost generational to get past that, i.e., Trevor Lawrence that first year with Urban Meyer and that debacle and what we saw from him last year with Doug Peterson. You have to be that level of good to get past it. Otherwise, you're sunk if you are a quarterback mm-hmm. that gets drafted to a bad situation. Coming up next, the baseball season is underway. These changes that we're seeing in this game, they're shorter now. How are they impacting the sport? We'll get into that. This is next. Kenny and Carl on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Man, I, I love this song. This is, uh, well done. 
to our people back uh-huh. in a bristle because they've been on point with the music all day. If they really want to surprise me, they'll dig up some Daisy Jones and the Six, which is a show that yeah, is on Amazon. Good? Oh, it's a great show, Randy Scott. And the music on it, surprisingly, surprisingly fantastic. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. You can listen to us on your smart speaker as well and just say ESPN Radio. That voice you heard is Randy Scott. I am Michael Rothstein. Thank you for joining us for at least a little while today. And Randy, we've been talking a lot about how this is maybe the best 10 days. I think it is definitively, you seem not as convinced, that it's the best 10 (laughs) days in sports period. And part of that is because baseball is a very long season. And to me, there are three times to pay attention to baseball. You pay attention in the postseason, you pay attention around the All-Star game if you like watching home runs, and you pay attention this week because everybody's got hope for the most part, because it's opening day. How much opening day baseball did you watch yesterday, Randy? Uh, I watched the Braves. I watched the Braves and Nationals, and then I, I saw the highlights. I mean, I this uh, Sports Center AM schedule. You go to you know wake up at one thirty in the morning to hit the hit the road, you know, down to Bristol. So I, I miss a fair number of night games, but I was more interested in highlights than I can I can remember recently. I mean, seeing that that grab from Hunter Renfro uh, for the Angels uh, in that loss to the A's. I mean, that's already the catch of the year, and it's day one of the season. Ah, there might be some recency bias from you there, Randy Scott, and catch of the year. I'm just saying, we don't know what else we're going to see over the final 161 games for most teams. Nope. I'm just, just, just saying, just throwing that out there. That's that's a bold call. I hope that we do clip that so that way in October when we're doing this again, it ends up being catch of the year. That somebody is like, oh yeah, you know, listen, I called it. I put my stock right here. This was interesting because I think a lot was made of the new rules that have come into place, right? And maybe that's why you were more interested in the highlights. I watched the Mets beat the Marlins yesterday. Game one of hopefully many this year, hopefully many wins for the Mets. And I felt like it was a better viewing experience. Opening day games were 31 minutes shorter this year than last year. Yes. Right? Like the average game time, two hours, 45 minutes. Ten games were under three hours. There was a game, two games that were played in two hours, 14 minutes. That's basically like a basketball game. That, that will be like what we see in the Final Four here over the, next, over the next few days. Teams stole more bases. 91.3% of stolen base attempts were successful. They have the timer, 14 violations. And all across the board, pitchers, batters, base runners, and even one from the catcher. I like these rules, and I think it's going to help. It is going to help. It, the fact that someone knows going in that barring extra innings and even that some extravagant pitchers duel and extras, uh, even the even the new rules will will limit how crazy those can go. Um, I remember a game. So we used to do a show here called Highlight Express over on uh, on ESPN News. It was a half hour show that would run and starting at ten o'clock Eastern and run all night until the final game was over, and that's all it was wall to wall highlights. But we'd have to stay till the final game, and there was a, Mar- uh, a Mariners. Orioles game in 20, either 2012, 2013. They went 17 innings. It was like six hours long. And I hit rush hour traffic in the morning going toward Boston, <laughs> driving home from work. And uh, I say that to say that's never, it is such peace of mind to know that's never going to happen again. If you're a fan on a school night, a work night, whatever it is, and you know that for a 7.05 first pitch, you could be walking out of there by 9.30, yeah. that's, I mean, who that's going to bring generations back to baseball 
It is, as are the young stars, as are young stars, because that was my main takeaway from opening day. Some of the home runs we saw, some of the big plays we saw, the stolen bases we saw, courtesy of the new rules, there was star power. Baseball played the hits yesterday on opening day. They did, and perhaps there's no bigger star in the game right now than Shohei Otani. ESPN's Major League Baseball analyst Jessica Mendoza was on earlier, and she had said that maybe Shohei Otani needs a new home. The game of baseball needs it, flat out. As much as October is amazing, it ain't as amazing unless we have a player like Shohei Otani. And not just with the stuff. We talked about the slider hitting 102, but the fact that we could see for the first time ever a hitting pitcher as good as he is, please, Perry Manasian, trade him at the deadline, get him on a championship team. I don't know, Randy. I... Uh, if you're the Angels, why would you trade Shohei Otani? Because he's going to be a guy that gets people in the seats for you over and over, and you should be able to build around him. You should be. It's able not to... like you're a small market team. Well, I mean, man, compared to your neighbors about 30 miles away, sure. You are... But but there's like five teams that are like that. Well, and they all they all reside in on the coast. <laughs> all right, tell me this. Tell me this though. They, uh, we have heard uh, Jeff Passan said it. Um, we've heard that the number to get Shohei Otani is going to start with a five. It's going to be a $500 million contract this offseason. Do the Angels have that? Probably not. Right? I mean, so then, yes, if you are if you are the Angels at that point, you trade him. But you, until tra- you know you have to, yeah. why would you? Trade him for something before you lose him for nothing. Yeah. That's, that, that's what it is. And if you can trade him to a contender, I mean, think... I cannot think. Maybe Manny Ramirez. Maybe Manny Ramirez. I, I can't think of an, a more impactful potential trade deadline acquisition. And I'll tell you why they'll do it. Okay, last night he became the 26th pitcher to go 10 or more strikeouts in six or longer scoreless innings. Okay, on opening day, baseball history, 26 pitchers. He's the first to lose. Yeah, no, He's the first I, absolutely. To lose. I, that's I get what the it. I mean, when you're talking that. about trades, maybe you're talking about Justin Verlander when Verlander got moved from the Detroit yeah. to Houston. Yeah, because that ended up being a big, big deal for the Astros, helping them win a World Series. Phillies versus the Rangers Sunday night baseball that starts at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Coming up next, we're talking about legacies with Otani. What about in basketball? There's a big one to pay attention to. Why is one superstar talking about it? That's next. Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Candy and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Candy and Carlin, the podcast.